This week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we dig into social networks and social media marketing. You know, it's those basics that every artist has got to be involved in, but to some extent, every artist is like, keep me away from it. I don't want to deal with that stuff. I just want to play my music. Well, social marketing is a critical part, and we talk about what's going on in that space right now. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011. And with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need to succeed in this. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. You got Mike, you got Jay, and we got a cool discussion coming up with a guest that's all about social media, marketing, social networks, vertical videos, what's going on out there. But before we get into that, just a quick shout out and thank you to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and Bands in Town. And of course, to our sponsor, DiscMakers.com. If you're a musician and you've been thinking of launching your next album as digital only, DiscMakers has created an offer just for you. Get 100 CDs and custom printed jackets for just $149. At this price, there's no risk to try CDs. CD jackets are lightweight and perfect for mailings, selling at shows, and are easy to hand out as demos. They're also a great way to bond with fans while making some extra gig revenue. God, making revenue is so important right now. Um, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your physical media, including vinyl, custom vinyl, manufacturing, and USB drives. Here's an offer we've got for Go over to discmakers.com. Get yourself 100 CDs in custom printed jackets for just $149 for a limited time. That's discmakers.com. Jay, who's sitting down with us today and what are we chatting about? We have a great conversation with Cassie Petrie. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of a company called CrowdSurf, and they do marketing, social media, like you mentioned, and they also do music management. They do a lot of things, so uh, a lot of expertise to draw from. Yeah, this is a good conversation. I think everybody needs to give it a listen. It's a good update on what's going on in social networks, social media marketing today, yeah. because it's going to all be changing by next week, but give this a listen, and we'll see you at the end. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate Today, we are joined by Cassie Petrie. Cassie, thanks so much for joining us from beautiful Santa Monica. Um, you are the co-founder, CEO of CrowdSurf. Um, tell us a little bit, for those that don't know, what is CrowdSurf? What is your superpower? What do you guys do? So CrowdSurf is a digital marketing company that primarily works with music and other types of talent. And we help them with various things involving social media, fan engagement, and just making their lives easier. We also have an artist management sector of the company as well, where we have several artists that we do traditional talent management for. Nice. That's a lot. Awesome. Let's, you know, what, Let's let's chat a little bit about um, TikTok and like vertical video and where that's going. You know, I short mean, form video, I, I, yeah. short form videos. I mean, I how how do I want to phrase this? It 
TikTok is here unless the government decides to freaking ban it, which I don't think will end up happening. YouTube shorts kind of came out of nowhere. People didn't really give it a lot of credit initially, but I feel like it's kind of exploding. Um, and then you got Facebook slash Instagram and Reels. And it's almost like every day we wake up and we have no idea what Mark Zuckerberg's going to do with <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and Reels. What, wh- where, where, where do you see all of this going? All the platforms you just mentioned, yes, they're they're going to continue rolling out new tools and be trying new things all the time. And right now, a lot of that is very um, vertical video centric because that's and what why things are vertical video centric is because that's how most people organically film now. They don't. They, they don't they, turn. They, people forget to flip their camera for the longest time. I, I remember as a social media person, I'd always beat up clients going, make sure you rotate your camera when you film it. Now I'm like, don't rotate your camera when you film it. Make sure, <laughs> make sure it's vertical. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's evolved from like just that kind of natural behavior. It's more comfortable, you know, you you can film with one hand versus two, yep. you know, it, it's, it sounds simple, but I think just human behavior and hardware really dictated where it always has dictates, you know, where social media goes. So that's why sure. we're, you know, seeing a lot of, you know, tools on that front. What I do think is going to happen in terms of new platforms or new priorities within social media in the next 12 to four, 12 to 24 months, I think we're going to see a rise in either existing platforms or new platforms that help people figure out what to do in real life. My dream app is the the app that I open and it's called the what am I doing tonight app. And I look at it and it shows everything around me that's going on that I can go do. It's like fun or random or my friends are doing, but that's like the app that I want to see. And there's a lot of apps that have pieces of that. Um, But I think that applications that help people find things to do in real life, that's what I'm like betting on as the next big winner in social media, because I think people are, are getting, you know, screens are, you know, we're kind of fatigued on it and people mm. want to go do fun things. I've been I've been organizing some of my own random fun things to do with people. And that's gone gone over really well just within the people I know. I I organized a nunchucks class with uh some of my friends, <laughs> which was really fun. Um nice. at my at my boyfriend's birthday party, we hired like a local magician and had him come over and do some tricks. But I think people are looking just for memorable experiences and technology that helps that happen is is gonna i think have a really big leg up do you do you do you think part part of my frustration is and 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 i think facebook to some extent is behind a lot of this frustration you get these platforms that just keep adding a brand new feature set and a brand new feature set and a brand new feature set and you know and again we'll just use facebook as the perfect example I mean, it does how many different things that you're like, well, where the hell did that go? It was here last week and now they moved it over here. And, oh, this week they want to try and, you know, it was like, oh, first we want to be a Snapchat clone and now we want to be a TikTok clone. And now we're going to add these features. And is what you're talking about, do you think needs to kind of become its own brand new platform or can these existing platforms we use keep 
adding on and keep adding on and keep adding on? Or at, at some point, is, is it like a house of cards that you've added on so much stuff that nothing gets used because you can't find it, it's overwhelming, and it just collapses? So to speak on the, you know, add-ons aspect, it is, you know, as a consumer, it is really frustrating. And, and, and as a person who works in social media, it's frustrating too, because the same thing that people are consuming on the front end of just like using the tool to interact with people that they know, the same thing happens on the back end of Meta, for example, like how you run ads changes all the time. Business manager changes all the time. The way the page way pages operates changes all the time. Actually, have somebody on my staff who's like in charge of knowing all the changes because I can't keep up with them. There, it's I used to feel like I knew every tool and how to use everything on social media, and I've become comfortable when a client asks me a question now, and I don't know the answer to it. But before, I would have been mortified if I didn't know the answer to it. But now I understand that that's just kind of an unreal, unrealistic expectation with with new tools. But the yeah. but the reason why this behavior exists on social media platforms is here's sort of how social media platforms rise. They, you know, you kind of have early adopters and then there goes into like a major sign up phase where everyone signs up and wants to join. And then at some point, there's nobody left in the world to sign. There, there's no population to sign up for your platform. So what you have to do is you have to create these new verticals to create signups and to create growth and to create new revenue streams, because otherwise you're going to be in a position where your platform is either going to stall or start falling because there's no, because there's, there's simply no, it's so popular that there's no people left to consume it. So you have to create new things for them to use and sell to them rather than expanding the tool that you already have because there's nobody left in that tr and to yeah. sign up for the original tool. So that's, that's sort of the problem that we get into. And, you know, MySpace didn't do that and they failed. And I think everyone is worried about becoming MySpace. So they are going to, sure. they're going to con, I think there's no way the platform's still existing. I think they're still going to be innovating new tools and figuring out how to get market share and all new trends, because I, I think they realize that that's their tombstone if if they don't, yeah. unfortunately, even though it is yeah. frustrating from a consumer standpoint sometimes. Yeah. Let's talk about strategy on the music side. Um, one of my pet peeves is when I go and look at a label, an artist, and it's buy my album, see my show, buy my album, see my show. And it's just this barking out and there's no relationship there's no dialogue there's no and then i'll stumble upon an artist you know one of them i stumbled upon a year or two ago was alice cooper and what i loved about his socials was he wasn't telling you about you know the hollywood vampires or his tour or whatever he was saying hey did you see this car this is a really cool car or here's this haunted house and i noticed that he had a lot of engagement. What's what's your strategy when it comes to maybe music on the music side, how you engage and keep an audience? So something that um, a friend of mine made a long time ago, it's called the social media food pyramid. You can Google mm -hmm. it and look it up. Her name's Ariel. She's really smart and awesome and has been doing digital for a long time. But there's this thing called the social media food pyramid. And it, you know, it's probably a little dated, at least the version I have of it, because it was made a long time ago. But the premise of it still stands is and is that like the use sparingly part is at the top. And the use sparingly in this situation means like 
straight direct promo. So buy my album, buy my merch, buy my tickets. That's kind of the last thing. And it's important to include promotion to a certain extent, because I always, I, I get some artists who are scared of promotion for that reason. They don't want to come off as pushing something down somebody's throat. And you do want to let your fans know about, you know, you it is they do want to, they do follow you because they do care about if you release a new album, they do care about if you're on tour and coming to their city. They do care if you, they make, if you make a cool piece of merchandise that they would want to wear, like they do want to know about that stuff, but they, they don't want to be sold all the time either. So it's just all about balance. And I think that pyramid really sort of captures not just that aspect of like, not everything can be promo, but also the aspect of not everything about your social media can just be you standing on a podium and posting about yourself. Even if it is cool, creative con, you know, creative content. You, there's part a big part of social media is being social. So we have to comment on other people's posts. We need to answer our messages. We need to respond to comments that we get. We need to be the first to leave comments on other people's platforms sometime versus waiting for everybody to come to us. We need to like posts. We need to tell other people that they did a good job and celebrate their wins. But I think a lot of artists get so focused on curating their feed that they forget about talking to other people and celebrating other people and you know like you said earlier if you're just standing on a podium and telling people to buy stuff that that gets old and people don't want to be a part of that community so you have to be you have to be well-rounded and and be robust and actually I think some of the best strategies I've seen and some of the most memorable moments I've seen are sometimes when artists interact with each other or they they you know elevate a funny fan comment or that sort of thing but absolutely and it actually takes the heat off of you too you do, that means you don't have to create every moment that you have on social media you can be a part of somebody else's and that's still social media marketing yeah. I, i've always been a big fan of fan generated content um i think i i, I don't think enough artists pay attention to what their fans are doing posting and doing there is an incredible amount of great content that fans love to share and they're naturally sharing it whether it's you know them standing in front of a a a tour poster at a venue or you know sharing a ticket stub from 10 years ago or, or or anything along those lines you can share that stuff and first of all it's just great content but second of all that fan is going to go through the roof when you share their content when you as the artist recognize them and then share it for everybody else man you've almost cemented a relationship right there without even having to get into a conversation yeah absolutely and again you didn't have to go get your camera out yourself for that moment you know it's it's really a great situation all around yeah Exactly. Yeah, I like the exactly. engagement from artists with their fans. And I notice that the growth is exponential. So for example, I'm an artist and I roll in and say, Hey, I'm coming to your town in a couple of weeks, what should be on the set list? What should we talk about? And then you, they, someone will answer and they go, Oh, I like that cover tune. I like the next thing you know, you got a dialogue going on. And then it just kind of organically just starts to grow naturally because more people are interested and they feel like they're a part of the, the conversation. You see that too. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of times I like to toss, you know, if we're having a conversation internally about what should we do about merch or 
what other countries should we consider on a tour whatever like that sometimes it's fun to just toss it on twitter and see, you know and, and get yeah. a, a wider uh, response base versus just people that work with you you're gonna definitely see some things that you wouldn't have thought of if you do that yeah yeah i find social media can be one of those things that can i mean there's mental health implications you can't do everything as an artist you can't do write record tour and then do facebook twitter instagram youtube tiktok i mean you can't do all that stuff what do you tell artists about that would you have them maybe focus on one of those that they're good at like maybe instagram or would you have them get their evangelist or street team meaning their boyfriends and girlfriends you know or friends to kind of help how do you manage because that's a lot today for artists to take on. It, it is a lot. And I think that artists should try to do everything them, everything themselves until they can't anymore, until there's not enough time in the day. And once you start having a little success, that moment comes pretty quickly. Um, it's kind of like the same premise of, you know, you don't need a manager until you have something to manage. So, yeah. you know, I said, do your social media until it's you've built something that becomes robust enough where you need help. I think teams like my company are important if you if if you are not at the point where you have the budget to hire a, a agency like a crowd surf I, I think even finding the, you know there's a lot of people that are interested in social media finding somebody local who can help you part-time even a couple hours a day there's a lot of different mm -hmm. ways to solve that problem and you you, you kind of have to direct the ship in terms of telling them what to do but I think sort of sourcing help at some point with social media, I think is really important, especially if you're in a position where you are touring or recording for a long period of time. I think you kind of have to. It's it's just impossible to be, you know, be driving a van and also like remember your social media calendar and then all the other obligations you have as an artist outside of just touring and social media, lot. you know, answering yeah so many other questions, finance questions, publishing questions. There's, it's a lot to do. So I think yeah, help yeah. as soon as you are in a position where you have more than 40 hours a week of work to do as an artist, you know, maybe start thinking about who could be your first team members to sort of build out and how you financially handle that. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your thought on the, the social networks moving into subscription models? Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody's nailed how I think the financial model should work yet. I, I don't know if I have a clear vision on how I think it should work. What I do like about it is that in terms of the verification badge, I do think it was time for that to be reinvented um, and not just something that, you know, because originally the verification badge existed originally because it verified that that profile was who that person said it was. Right. And at the time, the only people really being impersonated for the most part were celebrities. But now, nor I mean, think about how many people post on Facebook that this this person that added you on Facebook isn't me. This Instagram profile isn't me. Like normal Every people day. are victims of it now. So I think the verification badge is necessary for the general public now because of all these different profiles and scams and that sort of thing the same way that it's kind of been integrated into dating apps it verifies that like this person is in the pictures and it, it matched their id and the selfie that they took um I, I think that that's where this kind of goes in terms of and i understand there's a cost to the social network 
and you know having to verify these profiles i i get that and completely understand that do i think that it should be for verification specifically do i think that that should be something that costs money on an ongoing basis i find that model to be a little strange i understand some of the other tools and things that can be used being a subscription model but i kind of almost feel like verification should be a separate thing one-time fee and then if you change your name or change your ID or something, maybe you have to verify it again for the same fee, but that that's kind of how I would, have, you know, dream case, you know, scenario would have structured it. But I do agree that there needs to be changes. And even if we hit some bumps along the way, I think that ultimately the changes will lead to a more positive thing. And I think yeah. that the, the uh, social networks having more income this way versus advertising will ultimately be a positive thing too um because right now we get jammed so many ads because that's how they have to pay mm. for the platform and I'm, I'm hoping that that you know I, I know ads will always exist but i'm hoping that, that creates sort of a better balance if they have an yeah. additional source of income somewhere else i sort yeah. i sort of feel like board go ahead mike i was just going to say to follow up on that you know and and you're right you know there's the road bumps the speed bumps I think, unfortunately, that's all we've had with these rollouts right now. And, and I guess my, my concern is when you pay, what actually are you getting? Because as we've seen, okay, you can get verified, but now fake people are getting verified. So that, that defeats that whole point of it. And then they're like, oh, well, we'll promise to expose you to more. Your tweet or your posts on the social network will get greater reach and, and expose to more people. I don't know if I've actually seen any evidence that that's happening yet. And just how many more are, you know, in the case of like, you know, a Facebook or are my Facebook page posts going from reaching 3% to just 5%? Or is it going to reach 100%? You know, I, I feel like that's, none of these services have clearly outlined exactly what you're going to get other than some very kind of vague, high-level promises. And I'm all for, for, for subscriptions. I mean, I subscribe to a ton of software, but you know what you're getting. And I think that's the problem social networks have right now is we just don't know what you're getting for paying for that yeah i i agree with that and i do think that it is like i get why they want to do it in, in, in like high level theory i'm on board with it but it is very vague right now and it's see i think right now people are paying for it because they want the verification badge but i don't think that's i feel kind of weird about that being subscription i, I feel like that should be a one-time fee in my opinion um and then the other stuff is very vague. Like, what does more reach mean? Um, right. Like, you know, it's, it, it, I, I don't know. You're, Do I have, it, can I stop advertising if I pay for my subscription because now I'm going to reach everybody? I don't see that ever happening. I don't see them giving you enough reach that you no longer have to advertise because now they're cutting their throat somewhere else. Yeah, because so, they're going to make more money if you advertise to reach your full audience versus... Yeah. 10 or 15 dollars a month or whatever so it's i don't i think it's flawed um and i think that there's kind of almost two different markets like i think that the verification situation should be just general public we want to keep you safe 
here's this tool one-time fee so we can verify you um but then they do but then you know what is I, I watched um somebody verify themselves as Gwyneth Paltrow and nice. they stayed up for a you know they, they, the tweets were yeah. funny um they stayed up online for a pretty long time before they got suspended but you know that that poises the question like how you know if you're going to verify somebody like that person should probably be showing you an ID that matches that name and hundred hundred percent the same you know, way a dating right. a dating app does like I mean, and, we, we, we we've all wanted verification I mean that's the number one thing clients are always asking me it's like can you get me verified can you get well in the past no you can't promise a verification it, to your to your initial point it was all built on. Is there a threat of impersonation? Well, no. If you're not a public figure or you're not that important and nobody's impersonated you, you're not going to get verified. We want it, but the problem is they've already broken that system by verifying people who weren't the person they were claiming to be. And that 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 kind of destroys confidence in this whole process that they're doing. I mean, you know, what, what, what is it, you know, in just this last week, Elon's like, oh, well, I think we're going to reduce the price for verifications or whatever for small businesses. So it's not as expensive as it is for a major business. Well, why didn't you, why didn't you think this out up front? Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that there's not, I feel like, and again, I don't have any insight, but from what I see, I feel like there's a lack of like advising or listening to advising. You know, for example, I saw Elon tweet something about how, you know, most celebrities don't tweet for themselves. And I'm like, that's actually not true. And if you had a talent team that didn't leave or get let go, you should, you would have been able to ask them and consult them before you made that claim. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what, you know, I don't know. I'm not able to verify everything that he says or is true or isn't true. But in that one, I do know because I work in that field and I'm like, no, most celebrities, especially if it's like an individual person on the Twitter account, they may have a social media team, but they're, they're either hitting send themselves or they're approving everything in almost every right. circumstance. So yeah, that's, very, that's just not few. accurate to say. Um, so, but he's, but he didn't consult anybody because if he would have consulted somebody, he would have known that wasn't, the right that wouldn't have been a smart thing to say about that topic so yeah, instead of just assuming yeah. yeah i think a lot of assumptions are being made about like what people want and what businesses want versus asking educated people and doing market research before these tools are being rolled out and i think that that's you know that's why we're seeing all these flaws and people are using them and pointing out the flaws like the gwyneth paltrow account you, for example you you yeah. you, you yeah. mean like yeah. throwing up a twitter poll is not deep educated research into what people want <laughs> oh man i mean listen i do like a lot of things about him and i do like um i you know there's a yeah there's a lot of things i do like about him he's obviously been very impactful in the world but no i don't agree with the twitter poll strategy i think that's a very skewed way to determine to make big decisions yeah 100 let me ask 100%. you about your onboarding process because i think what's really important especially today is you know once you have your goal set but it's finding that audience right it's all about finding your tribe when you onboard an audience i'm sure that that artist manager whoever has an idea who their audience is 
But I found that that's not always entirely accurate, depending on what venues they play, depending on if they're looking at socials or commerce or touring or whatever. How do you kind of help them to see who their audience really is and then maybe who it should be and who you should be targeting? So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of little nuances that go into that. And you're right. Sometimes people people either don't know or they want their audience to be something that it's not. Um, <laughs> so I, when we onboard, I do like to, you know, use the standard analytic analytic tools that are built into social platforms to see, you know, roughly like who is who is currently like sort of engaging and listening to this artist. And then I like to ask the the client and onboarding, like, who who do you want to like who do you want your audience to be or who do you think it should yeah. be? And sometimes there's a there's a bridge to to get there, or sometimes we recommend pivoting in a different direction because sometimes they want an audience that I think doesn't make sense. They also a lot of times want an audience, they just say everyone, and I'm like, that's not a good audience to start with. You may be able to get to everyone one day. <laughs> But you have to start a little yeah. more specific in the beginning. It doesn't have to be focused. one group, yeah. but maybe a couple, you know, di- different types of people. But, um, you know, I was actually, um, so I have an artist who's um, going out on the road with with Hunter Hayes. And I actually, I, I went to the show, she wasn't opening, but I went to the show in LA on um, Sunday because I wanted to see i i was i didn't know i wasn't able to predict what the audience would be i'm like i don't know is this going to be like people who liked wanted when they were younger is this going to be like traditional country fans i'm i'm not sure there's definitely a couple different buckets of types of people but definitely young like mostly younger females and i i would i wouldn't have been able to predict that exactly so it is important to yeah. investigate both digitally and in person to kind of understand who somebody's audience is yeah agreed yeah, I had an artist who was playing a lot of performing arts centers. And as you know, people subscribe to those. And a lot of times they just want to have a glass of wine and see a nice show. And they don't really care who that artist is. It's a subscription type thing. And it's a little older, more affluent. And just because you see those people in the audience doesn't necessarily mean that's your audience. So I think that's spot on. Totally. I I, I, I want to get back to a little bit let's kind of circle back and wrap up here on TikTok again, because I feel like that is the biggest thing I have conversations with clients about. It's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And almost to the point where, you know, we've got, Jay and I have a saying, Jay came up with, you know, a playlist is not a marketing plan. (laughs) Well, TikTok is not a marketing plan. You can't put everything you do into TikTok and think that's where it's, I've heard people say, it's like, well, it's, it's the new MySpace. People get discovered on TikTok and get record deals like they got off of MySpace. And it's like, you can't do that. What, what is, you know, in, in a two minute conversation here, what's, what's a strategy on TikTok? How would you integrate TikTok into everything you're doing? So I always, just with social media in general, I like to ask clients to think about what, if it was the 1970s, what are your career goals? Your career goals need to exist out of social media, and then you need to use social media to build to your career goals. Um, So with TikTok, 
yes, you should be posting it, but I really like to tell people, think about TikTok as a platform where you post video. It's not about chasing trends. It's not about engagement. It's about how do you support, how do you create and post video content that support your career and are, are an extension of your art? I like to really make it as simple as possible. And I think a lot of times making it simple makes the ideas of what type of content they should post become more clear. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, so Cassie, when, when people are looking to learn more about, you know, everything that you're up to, whether it's crowd surf or, or you personally, where do people go to learn more about you? So I'm mostly on my Instagram and LinkedIn, just uh, Cassie Petrie, C-A-S-S-I-E-P-E-T-R-E-Y. And surprisingly, on the CrowdSurf front, we don't really uh, share much because we actually find that the less we share, the better we do because people make negative assumptions when you share. So that's kind of where our social media strategy sits right now. It actually does better with less. I like that. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Cassie. We really appreciate it. I love Thank the conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Visit discmakers.com to place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping. Uh, Jay, it's always fun talking, you know, what's going on in social media because <laughs> social media is probably very much like the music business it changes so damn fast yeah and it's misunderstood i think a lot i think people make assumptions about social media it is it is it's you know there's a lot of not even assumptions and misunderstanding they just they don't a lot of people just don't have time rightfully so to dig into as she was talking about what's what's changing this week on facebook and what's oh tiktok God, yeah. doing and what's instagram doing? it changes every not just week it's a full-time daily. job trying to keep up with all of that stuff yeah and and you know again the i experience the frustration and i hear it from clients who try and do it on their own it's like i was just doing this yesterday and now it's gone or it's now broken or I hear that from you, you a lot. It's <laughs> like, you'll, you'll say, Hey, what about that thing? Did that break for you too? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it was there last week. It was there last week. And then, you know, it, it comes down to, well, it's, it's not broken in the iPhone app, but it's broken in the desktop version. And it's, you know, and the features only available on the desktop version, you can't yeah. get it in the feature set for the same app that's on your smartphone. You know, there's incredible stuff like that. And it's just, it's good to have these conversations to stay up with what's going on. And, you know, the the TikTok, the short form video, we've talked about it before. It is so important. But today it is. Again, it's yeah. always it's always changing. I mean, you know, six months ago, Facebook was becoming TikTok. And did it happen? Ah. Uh, from my experience, nothing's really changed. Um, but they YouTube thought it short, would. You, YouTube yeah. shorts YouTube has shorts. really come out of nowhere and, and become yeah, very Yeah, Instagram important. reels for a long time. And now YouTube shorts are kind of the pretty girl on the block and overperforming. And to your point, though, 
it's not that there's a right or wrong answer. It's that you have to watch this stuff because it's evolving and changing every week and it's ebbing and flowing. And anybody who says they've got it down is either naive or isn't paying attention because it's, it's changed while we've been having this conversation. You really need to do what Cassie does, which is has one person watching all of those changes for you. It's, it's hard to keep up with all of this. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, Let's just, you know, quick shout out. Thank you to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and Bands you, in Bruce. Town. And and listen, I mean, we've said it so many times, but I absolutely love Bands in Town. It is, and not just because we've got a great relationship with them. That that website is so freaking useful. I mean, I'm I'm testing out some beta features they've got now. Yeah, I love the way bands in town is growing expanding and adding new features and honestly it's new features that are actually really useful mm-hmm. to yeah. an artist very yeah. it, useful features it's funny you mentioned that because i had a, a tour this morning francois took me through a a really nice tour of things to update me on all of the new, new stuff and i'm working with them one of my artists has this big tour coming up and they're working with me to make sure we target every single market and get their their audience involved and it's such a great platform it, it really is i can't stress this enough because i still you probably see this too daily artists that don't have their even this their tour dates up on bands in town they've not even claimed their bands in town profile you have to go go please if you do anything coming out of this episode go claim your bands in town profile and make sure all your tour dates are in bands in town and they always get added there. Yeah. Just start with that one thing. Then yeah. you can start digging into all the other cool stuff. That yeah. Bands check out the offers. widget and all the things you the, can the, customize. The, e- and... the email list, the messages you can send to people. Just go claim your profile. It's just beyond me. How many artists out there just like I've got shows, but I can't sell tickets. It's like, yeah, your tour dates aren't posted anywhere. Go do that. Right. Um, and and so thank you to, to Bruce at Hypebot and Bands in Town. And of course, to our sponsor, discmakers.com. Thank you so much. Um, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship this opportunities. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com. And by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.